Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. Welcome back to Startup Hustle with Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. Mr. Watson, how are you today? Just living the dream, man. You looking forward to today's guest? I'm very excited. We got a developer with us today. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I fortunately, I can vouch for the fact that we won't fall asleep during the developer chat because I did. I have been known to do that in the past. But our guest today has got a lot of energy and excitement. Would you agree? I agree. And if you do want to fall asleep, I think he could put a bed in this room. And why is that? Because he wrote an app that'll do that. Oh, wow. That's right. That's well, right. Hello, let's... listeners. My <laughs> name is Taylor Clark, and I'm the founder and CTO of Appair. Welcome to the hustle. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. And I'd like you to go ahead and give uh, our listeners a little more information about Pair and what it does. Okay. So if any of your li- you listening have an iPhone or iPad, you can go find the app right now on the Apple Store. Uh, Pair, when you search for it, you'll probably find a bunch of dating apps, but keep searching. So what Pair does is it lets you bring up 3D models of furniture uh, in your space. Uh, you, you pop up your camera, you hold your phone up to your living room or empty space, and you can drag in furniture and see what it looks like. Uh, and so you can see if that queen bed will fit or if that couch looks good next to your current uh, table. Uh, lets you make better decisions with your furniture, furnishing buyings. I think that this is probably one of the greatest personal productivity things I've ever heard about. I, do I no longer need to go with my wife to the furniture store? <laughs> Actually, one of our commercials we produced was uh, avoiding the Ikea trip. So we had this uh, video where it showed the couple trying to walk the 10 miles to the Ikea, through the Ikea lot. Um, and it said, you know, avoid all this, go, go home and look in your space. Ikea actually has a competing app that does that. So yes, you should be able to skip that. Does the pair app actually put the furniture together if I <laughs> buy it somewhere that requires that? Oh, not yet. We did talk about, you ever heard of seven star service? What would it be like if your company provided seven star service instead of five star? Well, what we talked about is what if what if they put the 3D model in their space and they clicked a button and not only did they buy it, somebody put it exactly where they had in their 3D view. Uh, we didn't make it to that point. That would put you out of business, wouldn't it? And your, gonna, your wife would just like take care of all this stuff. My wife is, has very quickly learned that there's a very finite amount of time to capture my buying attention. Now, if we could do that in relation to Ikea, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I've never even been in an Ikea. I know that you have to put the stuff together and it ended for me there. I I personally, over the last decade, have kept the assembly business in business. I am that guy. I always pay for assembly. So, Taylor, how the hell did you get into this? That's what I want to know. Okay, so I come from a video games background. And back in 2011, I had built this prototype for a gaming platform called Figments. And if you want to go to figments.com, F-I-G-M-E-N-T-Z.com, you can see it. Uh, I got these AR see-through glasses on loan from Vuzix back then. Uh, And this was before AR glasses were a thing. And I built this prototype with a laptop on my back, QR codes around my condo, uh, a 
toy gun with a USB trigger attached. And so, and I mapped out my condo. And so these Quake 3 monsters would navigate my condo and shoot me. And you could shoot them and they wouldn't clip through walls. They'd walk through doors properly. Well, this took all my free time, all my attention. I just, I thought it was the next big thing. Um, I pitched it to an investor. He said he wasn't interested in uh, brick and mortar. My idea was to take movie theaters and turn them into AR experiences. So I burnt myself out and I said, well, I can't just do nothing. So I threw up a video of what I built online and I get contacted about a month after I did that from Andrew Comendo, my co-founder. And he says, hey, I want to build this system that lets me preview a construction before it's built. He was in the Air Force trying to build barracks in Guam and he just lost in translation with the architects there. So why can't I hold up my iPad and see the building on the plot of land. I said, easy peasy. So we whipped up a prototype that did exactly that. It was called Visidraft back then. And uh, that that was the genesis of how we started. Is I, I want to go back to the apartment with the uh, QR codes and the uh, VR, the gun and the monsters and everything. So anytime I've ever built a company or had an idea that ended up doing well. I had a couple of people tell me I was crazy along the way for either thinking it would work or maybe quitting what I was currently doing in order to do that. Did that happen to you during that? You know, actually people loved that idea. The people, I, I probably didn't get enough, uh, third party feedback, but a lot of the people just love the idea. The movies you can experience, put on AR glasses and go play through a movie instead of sit and watch it. Um, I, th- I think the big problem is it needs way more funding or money or time than I could have done on my by myself. I had a job. I had bills. I had kids. I wasn't ready to make the leap to go for it all the way. Um, so I think that was the main the main problem. And then back to pair. Now, it's it's very obvious that you've gotten used to saying, well, you might find a bunch of dating apps. Yeah. So, you know, we had a previous visitor or guest uh, from Video Fizz that had the same issue with the name Live On and mm-hmm. that it, it had represented or given the impression that it was a death video. How did you overcome some of those challenges with the naming? Like, how do you get around that? And is that something that looking back at it, you would have done differently? Oh, that's a good question. So the biggest problem was the App Store search results. Um, we- it wasn't a huge problem, actually, because Apple sort of took a liking to us um, and they worked a little magic and they got us above a lot of that. But the pair name just worked too well in so many places, uh, pairing the, the virtual and the physical um, AI and pair. So we sort of sucked up the problem of being bad in search results and just... Now, now Apple's it. given you some recognition recently and, uh, and you want to tell us a little more about that? Yes. Uh, if anyone wants to go over to an Apple store anywhere across the country, pick up an iPad, swipe to the second screen. Pair is now one of the demo apps uh, in all the Apple stores across North America. So that was a huge win. Big so, so wait a second. Success. Can I go into an Apple store and then visualize what a Microsoft Surface laptop looks like inside the <laughs> Apple store? <laughs> I think we'd be kicked off the uh, iPad pretty quick if we did that. We, I mean, need, we need to go down there and figure out what is the most weirdest, randomest thing we can put in the Apple store. Right. And then that needs to be like a photo or something yeah, to include and share the show pictures. Notes. I want to know That's if right. we can actually uh, project the Startup Hustle logo you can. onto yeah. every wall <laughs> of every room. And you can make that happen, can't you? We could, yeah. Unfortunately, okay. it's not just shared space. It would just be on your device, but we would have loved it so you could sort of graffiti tag. So 
back, back to your name. Like, so on my phone here, I type in pair app in Google and you guys actually rank third, but just, huh, um, your website has a really bad page title on the page and has no description. So it just says pair. It doesn't say pair like augmented wow. reality app and have like some awesome description. Like, so you rank third on Google, but you don't exist. On that's right. You know, like, so that's my feedback from you. Like, yeah, thank you. Um, we switched to a Wix site a few weeks ago. Um, uh, and now you're dead. Yeah, exactly. So you, I you guys got to fix that. that. Yeah. Thank you. And mm. So all the listeners know, we do offer live SEO advice here, <laughs> here in the Startup Hustle XYZ studio. It's worth can, my time coming in on You can learn more about that at startuphustle.xyz. So um, thank you, Matt, for letting our newest and latest and now greatest product out into the open. So, all right, with... Tell, tell us about some, you know, this show's all about the hustle, the ups and the downs. Being a startup founder, a business owner, an entrepreneur, really even somebody that just has a good idea that they're trying to get going presents a lot of challenges. There's a lot of hills to climb over. I think a lot of people think that, hey, I've got this great idea and I'm going to throw it out there and everyone is just going to flock to this. It is money. Well, what was our plan? What do you, you have the idea? You start up, you cash, cash in. in. You get rich. And then you get a jet? No, I no think you cash was, out. You cash out, then you get a jet. Then you get a jet. And then the next step was to repeat the prior step. But I've modified this plan because step 1A is actually you start up, and then 1A is you learn all of the shit that you thought you needed to know, but there's a whole bunch more of it. So you have to figure out all of the things you really needed to know. And then you can proceed to step. Oh, wait a second. Actually, step one A is learning that you have to rewrite the plan. Yeah. Well, if you and we'll post a picture of the plan <laughs> on the site on the site for the show because uh, it's clearly been modified quite a few times. But t- Taylor, tell us about some of the things that you had to overcome starting pair, and some of the things that you think our listeners might be able to benefit from with the story of your hustle. All right. Well, the first thing, uh, just piggybacking on what you two are saying is the idea is always so enticing. It's so delicious, juicy, easy. It's never, it's never that way. And I'm sure most of your listeners are aware, but no matter how simple the idea, making it a profitable business is always challenging that I don't, you know, you read articles about lightning in a bottle, people with big hits, but I thought all business owners were rich though. Yeah. Right. I thought this was easy. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) I guess I'm doing it wrong. So, uh, obviously that's the the first disclaimer, uh, but some of the ups and downs I had was, you know, Andrew and I met, I said in uh, early 2012. And this is your co-founder. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, he, he, he's CEO, super CEO. That's just, he lives and breathes it. And he was great at going around finding investors. Uh, and he was always ready to quit his job and start immediately. And I was still, afraid of that. I wasn't ready to jump into it. Um, and I said, you know, I got, I, I'm not, I'm not going to jump into it until we have real, real funding. Well, he found it. He found it in early 2015, uh, February is when we started full-time. So that was the first big leap, quit my job, go for this full-time. And we built exactly what we had discussed for the last three years, a visualization tool for architects. And the biggest up was we got the app. It was working in the app store. And we go to the American Institute of Architects Convention in Atlanta for 2015. This is summer. And we rented out a bar, one of the coolest bars right by the convention center. We did all this, uh, what's the term, um, 
guerrilla marketing stickers around got in a little trouble. I'll put uh, boards around sidewalks. Stickers I think on that's the way you should do it. Yeah, I agree. And it was a blast. I mean, we, we didn't have enough people helping. There was a line of architects waiting to be, we had a walkthrough we built in this bar. So there's places to stand and visualize the scene. There'd be furniture, there'd be a building, there'd be a state puff marshmallow man, look up millennium Falcon. Uh, so it was a hit. That was a lot of really <laughs> random stuff right there. It was. We wanted to show that you could just visualize. Which means it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, and it was a hit. And everybody said, we love it. We're totally going to pay for this. We're willing to pay for it. We're willing to buy it. It's worth the money. It'll tell the clients what they can need to see instantly, less back and forth. And then the party's over. You go back to your desk and it's like, let's follow up and follow up and follow up. And and no, nobody cares. No one wants to. They're all busy now with different things. They're not. They don't want to spend on it, or they can't get authorization, or their team works like this, and our software doesn't license like that, or their team works like that. And well, do we charge per person or per office? So what we learned is the people who were ready to pay, and we gave them. We thought this was a minority. We started letting salespeople have it. Oddly, a uh, person who put in elevators, um, handicap elevators into schools, fireplace salesmen. These people wanted it, and those, so they were actually using a it. Fireplace salesman, right? Can I thought I had heard of all types <laughs> of product salespeople at this point. Yeah, is that a real thing? It is, and it's the kind that have like the liquid flame and the glass. Blocks oh, the okay, gotcha. That makes sense. So uh, we we switched. We said, look, these architects are pain in the patootie. We don't want to go to each one and figure it out. We want to sort of make the mass sales tool. And so that's what we did. We switched it to pair from visit draft, change your company name and our direction sales tool, help salespeople. Uh, that was sort I think, of, I think that's an important point though, is that good ideas that bring useful things to the world aren't always immediately monetizable. Like yeah. you can have a great idea and a really cool anything, but if you can't find a way that it helps someone make money or save money, it's very difficult to yeah. sell. Well, I think in these days that kind of totally defines anything to do with 3D, AR, and VR, right? Like there's all kinds of things. Like I don't know, like go back three or four years ago, like 3D TVs were all the rage. Mm -hmm. Like we all probably have one. And they don't even advertise them as 3D TVs anymore. Do you even use it? No, no. I don't, I've never used I used them. it like once. I got I, the glasses. I didn't like and... the glasses. I, the glasses just kind of bothered me. And it, I think the novelty yeah. wore off pretty And so pretty AR and right. VR is the same thing. Like it's yes. super cool. Like I, like I really think that you need to set up a Gigabook account. And I want to go on there and schedule like every Saturday morning, like me and my eight-year-old come over to your house and we play Quake and <laughs> like right. shoot monsters. Yeah. Can I book that online and yeah, reserve that do. somehow? Yep. Because uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. But to your point, like, how do you monetize this, yeah. right? So you guys built this super cool technology, but how did you monetize it? What, would you get these salespeople to pay a few bucks a month or what? That was the do? plan. That was, you either save money or make money for for a customer. And we thought, well, these salespeople make more sales. They'll move faster. We were wrong. They just, it, it, they didn't want to pay or it wasn't helping them with sales or it didn't fit into how they wanted to use the software like, each user wanted to have their own account of models or team. Uh, we just couldn't get that working. Uh, so I, I would have paid for that in a heartbeat 20 years ago when I'm in the boring piano business. 
had I had something like this, because right. here's the thing, someone walks into a store, you have a hundred pianos and mm-hmm. it's a, it's a lady with a couple kids and she's, she, she doesn't really care what it sounds like. She wants to know what it looks like in her hallway. But the problem is you can't pick up a 500 pound right. piano and, and take it over to her house. Like the same way you can with a, uh, you know, samples, you know, if my wife wants to buy curtains that we can bring something like that over. So something like that would have been really helpful. And even when it came to like the spatial reasoning of, is this grand piano going to be too big? Right. And these were forty, fifty thousand dollars sales in some regards. So something that I could have paid for that would have helped visualize that even more would have been really useful. Right. Yeah. That, I wish I did have it for you twenty so years ago. That the internet was still on dial up then. So right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, not to jump to the end, but I agree with what you just said, Matt. About AR and VR is really hot and cool right now, but no one is monetizing it really. No one's making a profitable business off of it. Um, and so back to what I was saying is the salespeople just couldn't get it to work. So we said, we're going to go social. We're going to make it a consumer, B to C at this point. Um, and people will share models. People share their scenes. Here's me with my arm around Han Solo. Uh, here's me, you know, seeing Santa Claus in my room. Uh, and you can share your pictures and we'll, we'll network it, uh, you know, like, uh, make friends, share with your friends, posts, that sort of thing, share on Facebook. And we found a ton of user adoption that, with that, um, we've like, were they paying for it? <clears throat> no, this is all free at this point. It's I'll cool. You, it's cool. Everything is cool. A lot of MAUs, monthly active users. Uh, but it, you know, where's the money? And so what we found was, we became uh, sort of what we needed to become. And, and Andrew and Israel, Israel's our other uh, co-founder. He comes from an architecture background. Uh, they just started uh, pounding the pavement. And we got contracts to do 3D modeling for companies because people want in on this exciting thing, but they don't know the first thing about it. A lot of people call 3D models images still, and that confuses the whole conversation. So we've, we found contracts in modeling and some white label mobile web applications. We did an AR experience for mobile web. That's what we're pushing now. If you go to the website, it's called Deep View. Uh, so we just, we, we found where we could make money, where we needed to, to, to go to make money. But what was the industry that adopted your product and was most willing to pay for it? Or even just retail, retail, furniture, furniture companies right. by far. Yeah. All furniture companies. Our biggest contracts are with, uh, Herman Miller and I, well, we didn't have a contract with Ikea, but we had a ton of their models. We have tens of thousands of wafer models on our, our, our app. Um, some were charging for some were not, but it was, it was furniture so, company. So can you tell us about one of those moments over the last couple of years where you thought you had a big home run with a partnership that you thought was going to just nail this out of the park? You don't have to name who it was with, but maybe just the, the elements of it. We'll leave that up to you. Yeah. So, uh, we did, we had, uh, we did a contract this year with a company, um, that is a big retailer. I'd say it's number two retailer uh, for home things. And we thought this was it. We thought, I mean, we showed that it increased sales. I'm trying to think of the numbers. I don't want to get this wrong, but um, I'll just say it increased sales by a, a noticeable percent and it reduced returns. People, people who use the AR mobile app functionality bought the thing they looked at more than people who didn't, and they returned that product less. Uh, the feedback was not so great. And that's the team we were working with hated that. A lot of people had feedback about it. It was jittery. It, was, it wasn't perfect. 
but increased sales. The technology wasn't perfect, right? But it increased sales. It increased right? sales. I mean, it, it it did the utility that it was supposed to do, right? Even though it may not have been perfect. Yes, which kind of sums up the world of a software developer. <laughs> sales cures ales. I'm surprised that that was still. An they issue. couldn't. They couldn't get over the the roughness around the edges, and gotcha. they didn't want to show it to everybody. We had about two percent of their web traffic come through that experience. And they, they didn't want to ramp it up. Uh, and we found a few weeks, a few months later, they had created a similar experience with our, our secret sauces in our machine learning. You take a picture and it detects the camera pose. Uh, basically, that means where was the camera when you took the picture in physical units, meters, you know, degrees. So they didn't have that, but they made it manual. You put in the model and you drag it around. But without that camera, it was really a kind of a painful experience. Uh, but that kind of hurt, you know, we thought, look, more sales success that didn't come through. Then they went for their own version of it. Uh, so that was kind of a big, that part of it. So did they end up keeping their own version or did that get no, that got later? Just, within a week? You should, the blog posts were all, everybody hated it. What a terrible thing. Uh, didn't make any sense. So they, they took that down. At least that I left. So, still, so now you can't go back and be like, Hey, we're still here. Actually, they reached out to us after they took it down and wanted to talk some more. We're still talking. So you, you mentioned one of your, your secret sauce was the machine learning and understand the, the viewpoint in the room, mm-hmm. right? So when Apple released their AR kit stuff, did that, did that somehow take away part of your secret sauce? Like, so other developers could do this a lot easier now? Exactly right. Um, so those are two different technologies, not to, to split hairs, but the uh, static image to camera pose is its own neural net that we trained and it does its thing. And then live AR, walk around AR, uh, that's now, like you said, built into AR kit and AR core on Android. Um, the reason that did affect us is before tracking was really hard. AR tracking, walking around and knowing how you're moving. Uh, and so we had, had built an SDK. If you go to our GitHub account, you can actually see the SDK, the start of it. Uh, but then once ARKit and ARCore came out, it was it was pointless. They did better tracking, and it was native and built on the phone. And their engineers are world class. So now, if you if somebody wants to build something that's functionally equivalent to Pair, it's pretty easy. I mean, you set up your ARKit scene or your ARCore scene, and you know your pose, and you put a three D model. Granted, we have tens of thousands of models. We have a f- flushed out user experience, but it's not so hard for competitors to jump in now. I would like to call a vocabulary timeout. I think that we just went through a lot of stuff that would be beneficial to spend a very brief moment. What is a neural net? I'm sorry. So, uh, and I am not the machine learning expert on the team, but a neural net is a, uh, think of it as a black box and you give it inputs and outputs. And basically this, you tell which outputs are good, which are bad. And that black box figures out based on what the input is, what the trends are, what's a good and what's a bad. And so the more input you give it and the more outputs you educate it on what's good and bad, the more you need to stop educating it. And it can make you uh, give you a good guess about if this input will be good or bad. I hope that was... Yeah, and I think that defines kind of machine learning as a whole, right? Like you give it... Another good example is like you you give it pictures and you tell it, oh, that's a picture of a dog. It's a picture of a dog. It's a picture of a dog. And, and after a while, you've trained it enough times and it gets confident like, okay, it's a dog yeah. and not a cat. And because this is such a hot topic, the whole machine learning, artificial intelligence and all that stuff, how is that programmatic or computing process different from what we have been accustomed to or been using up to this point? 
So most things up to this point have been hand-trained, hand-written, uh, complex algorithms to decide if something is something. Um, I don't know if you guys watch Silicon Valley, but they had the, I believe it's, this is not a hot dog app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, read the, if you guys are interested, read the blog post about that. It's not trivial. It's not trivial to know if this picture is not a hot dog. Uh, so that's it's it's powerful in that sense that you'll have to stop handwriting algorithms to determine you know hey here's a picture do i see a lot of brown do i see a lot of light brown around it this is maybe a hot dog not hot dog not a hot dog <laughs> that's definitely no no not no you can't say a it's just not hot dog not hot dog but uh so i forgot about that, that was the app that recognized food types of food right no only hot dogs only, only hot, hot dogs, dogs. not it. hot dog yeah. Not hot dog. That's all it would do. No, no. So in the show, the guys like go to invest yes. all this money because yeah. they'll recognize food. And he's like, oh, no, it only recognizes if it's hot dog or not hot dog. <laughs> Anyways. Didn't they sell that to Periscope or something like that at the end? Or, I don't know. Yes, they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Because they had a, a problem with things that were definitely not hot dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> showing up on the For site. Pornography. They yes. were trying to they yes. use it. Yes. Because that <laughs> is not a hot dog. Anyways, we digress. Right. Okay, well, and yeah, and I think it's important at some points to stop because I think that there's a lot of changes to technology. You know, we've had a lot of, um, you know, interesting things. I think, you know, lately, not here in the studio. Well, we did with Rachel from Venture360. We started talking about blockchain and Bitcoin. I think a lot of people hear these things. They hear machine learning. They hear AI. But like, really, what the hell is that? Yeah, you right. know, what does that mean? And how does it impact me? So that's, that's interesting stuff. The term that got me the most lately is cloud. I didn't know that was a few years ago but the cloud computing it's not magic it's a server in a rack it's right. a- no 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 it's it's computing power on somebody else's computer there you go it doesn't really matter where the hell it is yeah, yeah it's just right. not on your computer it's people, somewhere else yeah that's it it's not magic everything is in the cloud that's true so with something like ai or machine learning i think that a flaw that you've got there is you probably can't determine what in regards to furniture and home decor, can we really teach it? Hey, this really looks bad. You have really bad taste. You have really poor selection. You are the only one out of 300 million people that have modeled this, that chose this particular (laughs) pattern. I think that's where that's super useful. If we could just stop some people from decorating the way that they do. So, so, Pulling on that thread a little bit, what do you think is the absolute weirdest 3D model that has made it into your system? Oh, um, I'm going to guess somebody's put like a Tyrannosaurus Rex in there. And well, like yeah, we did Star Wars. We and did fun ones. When you, th- when you say weird, I'm trying to think of the actual. We had some odd use cases, but I'm, my mind's like the weird play. leg lamp from the Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, right. like, there's got to be some really weird stuff in there. That was a very prestigious award. It wasn't just a lamp. Okay, I'm sorry. That's right. Oh, gosh, that's a good question. You know, I'm, I, I, I'm still drawing a, a, brand, a blank here. Um, Did you have people that were just literally misusing it at any point? Like, Not terribly. People are too enamored with the furniture or maybe a Star Wars vehicle or, or something like that, a T-Rex. They don't go too crazy. I would always thought it'd be fun to like take a picture with Obama or uh, uh, there's Santa. Apparently, there is a Santa AR app somewhere out there, someone... I didn't look into it, but someone told me that. Santa uses Gigabook. Really? Yeah, we have a Santa that uses Gigabook. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, I think that that's enough that I can say that Santa (laughs) uses Gigabook, right? You should advertise that more. (laughs) Yeah, I've been working on it. I was trying to find a good, you know, uh, app to model, you know, people actually 
visiting Santa and using Gigabook at the same time. Now, if obviously Pear is the way to oh, do there it. You go, there you go. There you I go. think we should also create one that will <laughs> allow people to place themselves here in the Startup Hustle studio live right. on the air. There we go. Yeah, that's a good one. Live yeah. AR, human AR. Yeah. So as you've, you guys have progressed, like, like, where are you today? You know, you mentioned you're in the Apple store, like right. when you go to the store, like that's super cool. Like that's great. Congrats promotion. on that. That's Congrats a big deal. On that. that was big. Yeah. So, thank you. but where's the business today? Like, how are you doing today? Where do you have traction today? Traction is, is modeling. We're helping a lot of companies build out their 3D model libraries. Uh, some companies have specs, blueprints, and we can build exact uh, models that are to the inch. Uh, and some just have pictures, and we still handle those and try to estimate sizes and all that jazz. How, but how difficult is it to take something like a blueprint and create this 3D model of it? Is that is that really time intensive? Is that really tough to do? So it's it is time intensive. Uh, we've got really great modelers all over the world. Um, they they're talented and they make it look easy, but it's a lot of effort, a lot of skill. It's art. It's, it's painting, it's drawing, it's playing music. It's truly, it's its own art form. And, uh, except you have scientific constraints you need to stay within. So it's, it's no joke. Finding good modeling is tough. So they create basically like CAD drawings. They create like, textured, ready to show in video game or photo replacement. So there's multiple grades. You can do low poly, something you throw into a video game, and you do high poly, something you replace a photo studio with. Uh, not to replace the whole photo studio, but uh, we had looked into building a automated system that would generate 100 megabyte models. That's considered very large with textures baked in, lighting baked in. But we try to keep models two megs. So that's the range I can get. Mr. Watson, you have a look on your face that... Well, I'm just thinking, can we 3D model ourselves? Oh, Oh, yeah. I I, I I think we can. We can 3D model... For sure. Matt and Watson. Yeah. For the start, from the startup hustle. Yes. That we're, we're, we're... Matt wants to rename the show Matt and Watson. Matt Watson's startup hustle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're working. So it's not confusing. Matt Watson's company. Got it. Yes. So, but we could 3D model ourselves. And right. then we could show up in the pair app. You could. And then we could go to the Apple store. And put yourselves. And put us in the Apple store. Shazam. That's, you know, that's not too amazing. You Apple could just walk into Shazam. an Apple store. They did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had no intention of making that connection <laughs> there, but, you know. So that's the master plan. So, like, plan one, two, three, like, should we 3D Rochambe- model. Should we Rochambeau to see who has to set all this up? No. Okay. Taylor's going to do it. You don't want to break it. All right. I like that even better. That's, so that's our, uh, that's, that's our homework. So back okay. to where the business is, is and where, you know, you want to go and some of that stuff. This has been a really interesting and educational experience, you know, taking guys like me and teaching me all this technical stuff is not easy to do. So you guys are making money in the 3D modeling. Are you still doing, you said you're doing the white labeling sort of stuff. So if I'm... Bed Bath Beyond or like some store like that, they can like license your like online viewer and like exactly right. SDKs and whatever. So we just, I just built a customized version of our uh, sort of white label AR walkthrough for mobile web uh, for coaster furniture. And they're going to do a prototype on their website. Uh, so that's, those are the two, the things, the modeling and the. So, is it, so, is, so then they, do they add that to their mobile app? Is that the primary way that people use it? No, we're shying away from the mobile app at this point because of ARKit and ARCore. Uh, we still will help people, but we wanted Pair to be a platform. We wanted to be, instead of going to Ashley Furniture's app to see their sofas or Ikea's app to see their sofas or Herman Miller's to see their desk, 
you came to pair and you see them all. Uh, so we fought against the white labeling of the apps, but we're going hardcore on the uh, white labeling of the web AR experience where it's single shot, not live, but one picture. Was the resistance that you ran into was that a company like Ashley or whoever didn't want their users seeing the other people's exactly products? Exactly yeah. right. Exactly. So, the, so then the way you're doing this now is somebody uploads a photo of their room? That's right. That's the web AR experience. Okay. And you, you can go see it on our website. There's a live demo. You take a photo. You could do it on your desktop, but it's made for mobile. You take a photo, you upload the picture, and then you can drag the 3D model in that picture. And it should be properly perspective to match your floor. What are you doing over there? Are you working on the, the I'm bed? I'm downloading the Pair app. The I'm bed going, for our studio I'm here? Going to, uh, I'm going to see what I need to do to... Uh, You're going to try and take a nap here later? Maybe. <laughs> i got to figure out how to work my iPhone 10 first. Good luck with that. Yeah, I did tell you that my wife finally corrected me and said, you know, it's not the iPhone X, right? <laughs> I said, it says X. Yeah. She said, That's the Roman numeral for 10. <laughs> oh, that would make sense. Nothing wrong. So wh- where do you see, as someone who's been working in AR for a while now, where do you see augmented reality in a few years from now? So I'd like to see glasses become mainstream. And I know uh, Magic Leap is having some troubles. They were supposed to be the savior of the glasses and they got how many billions of dollars investment. Uh, that's really the future. I've come, there'll be some cool AR experiences you have on your phone. Uh, I mean, Snapchat is really the owner of AR at this point with the faces. Well, what about HoloLens from Microsoft? What do you think of that? I think it's cool. I got to use it. I went down to the Google space uh, down in the startup village and someone had one. uh, And I got to put on the tracking was super sharp. The field view was kind of tight. Yeah, it's kind of narrow. It was cool. Um, But until you put on a cool pair of Oakleys, it fills your view, uh, proper occlusion. And um, I'm forgetting the term, but you need to be able to focus near, far. You know, that that needs to be supported, but that's the future. AR will be ubiquitous. It'll it'll be the next smartphone, no question. It's just when will that happen? It'll have uh, Alexa and Siri built into it oh, as yeah. well. We're going to be like Iron Man suits eventually, right? right? Will, will Alexa in this future actually understand anything that I'm saying? And, <laughs> and, and no? No. I just hope it never understands what my three-year-old says. Yeah, if it does for mine, I'll have to listen to the Bubble Guppies theme song like <laughs> at least 15,000 times a day. Well, my eight-year-old likes the Captain Underpants theme song. It's way better. I'm going to try that one. And it's been, I don't even know what that and is. And it's by Weird Al Yankovic, so it's oh, weird. Wow. That's great. Wow. We just got a Google Home on Black Friday, and my daughter asks uh, when, how many days until Christmas, like five times a day. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. It picks her up. She. I'm surprised he can understand her, actually. And my daughter will just sit there in front of Alexa, and she'll yell Alexa, and she bubble guppies and it'll say i'm sorry we don't have a whatever whatever for that it's yeah so as a developer how how does it feel to go down this journey as uh being a co-founder was this your first your first you know time going through this as a startup founder as a developer in the formal sense this was actually uh if you look at projects i tried to take to market this was you know fourth or fifth i had um a gaming center in Sioux Falls, South Dakota that did well. I had an educational math game I tried to sell to schools. I had a web service that let designers uh, get feedback on design web designs before they launched their website. Um, I had a consulting company in Chicago that helped startups. Uh, but this is the one that felt like a real company because we had payroll, we had lawyers, we had all that. Job. This is the first one you had employees? Yeah. Okay. Right. 
Yep. Well, it sounds like you've been very entrepreneurial. I've tried. I like to. I, why not live? You know, the exciting life trying to make your dreams come true. Well, well yeah. I would say as a developer, it feels like this is the gold rush, right? Like yes. We're in that perfect age of technology where there's yeah. so many things to do and and we can build them and we can do them and, and spin so, them up quickly and they can handle volume quickly. Yes, it really is. It's just, there's a lot of people in that gold rush. There know? is, there's a lot of people and, and there's, you know, for every really successful thing, there's a lot of people that try and yep. don't get there. That's right. And, um, kudos for you guys on, on building something really cool and like being in the Apple store as a demo app. Like that's really, that's really cool. It is really, really cool. cool. I want to go back to the gold rush metaphor quickly. And I, there's this, uh, saying, I'm sure we've all heard it, but it came back to me a few days ago, but, uh, who gets rich in a gold rush? It's the people who sell the pickaxes. So I've been thinking about a lot, a lot of that lately. Interesting. I've never heard that. I think that's great. So. You've really never heard that? No, no. So one of the cool things I got to do, I went to Seattle and did like the tour of the old Seattle. And uh, that's the thing they really talked about is one of the things that put Seattle on the map is people were going up there and then they were going further north somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know what in the world they were doing. But people in Seattle were like raking people over the coals of like, you got to buy this and this and this and this. If you're going to, like, I don't know what it was that was going on up there, but like the whole town. The Alaskan made, gold rush. Maybe? I think so. Yeah. People were making tons of money yeah. telling these crazy miners that didn't know first damn thing about mining. They need to buy all this crap they didn't really need. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. And, I, and that makes a lot of sense. There's probably a lot of, a lot more stability in selling the pickaxe rather right. than trying to go get the gold. Yeah, Actually. Right. And you know, we talked about doing a future episode about entrepreneurial TV shows. I, I love watching the gold mining shows because <laughs> it's amazing how much work they do to, you know, get like basically what comes down to a jar of, what looks like sand. Right. So it's, you know, how much dirt they move and how much work. And I think that's actually pretty good analogy. You know, you talked earlier about some of the things that, you know, all these models and and blueprints and, and, you know, I think that as consumers with all the stuff that's out there, we expect it all to be perfect and work right away. And I don't think enough people really give consideration into how much work it takes just to even make something that sucks. Yeah. And much less something that's great. Um, I, I've been, you know, here, Matt's been, Mr. Watson's been hearing me say quite a bit, does anything work? Because on some level, it makes me feel better for some of the errors that we encounter at Gigabook. And, you know, it's not perfect. And people expect that. And it's a very thankless world. I always say we can get the first 999 appointments right. But God bless. We mess up that thousandth one. You know, we're just terrible and that yep. we don't know what we're doing or something like well, that. Right? You know, at Stackify, we've got, you know, a lot of interesting customers and uh, you'd be surprised. Some of the people we talk to, um, that are big brands, big names you've heard of, and they got some serious problems yeah. under yeah. the covers. Right. right. And, but that's why they come to us. Right. That's, that's why they use our products. But, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of times things look great at face value, but under the under the hood, it's, the shit's complicated. Let's just be real. I, right? I think that expectation, though, has become a lot more realistic for users. I think that what the user wants is to know that you hear about their problem and that you recognize that it's something that needs to be addressed and that you communicate with them about what a realistic time frame for getting that done right. is. Because like, yeah. I know that, you know, anything is complex and it's hard to satisfy everybody, but if you hear... You listen to these, you know, to your users or your subscribers or whatever you want to call it. And you say, look, we do recognize that this is something that we 
need to do better at. Uh, we're planning on doing that in the next X amount of time. I find that they're very, very understanding yeah. and accommodating. What doesn't work is when they say, I'm having a problem with it. And you say, okay. It's and expectation then, and, management. And then, yeah, exactly. That's and, what and, I always say. It's and I always, I always under promise always. and hope to deliver, <laughs> you know, but telling people that, hey, this will be fixed later today as a rough economy, because even if you are fast in addressing it and you fix it the next day, you're going to still, you know, well, we didn't deliver there. Right. Well, I found all this to be really interesting. Um, uh, thanks for coming in, Taylor. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's been great to have a developer on the show. And yeah. A quick plug for Stackify. I actually used Stackify two companies before I even knew Matt was here in town. Uh, and it is an awesome tool. It helped diagnose a um, problem. There was a performance problem, and it turned out it was on the client's network side. Uh, and Stackify, I could show reports about, hey, look, latency is under 200 milliseconds on every request. So I like you, Taylor. I'm going to keep you around. <laughs> it's such a great tool. I, I can't endorse it enough. Where can we find your website and app and more about you, all of it? Okay. Uh, if anybody wants to check out Pair, go to pair3d.com. And that's P-A-I-R. Uh, that's right. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Pair like a pair of birds. Uh, pair3d.com. And then you can reach me at taylor at pair3d.com if you want to ask any questions. Uh, always happy to talk to people. Thanks for coming in. I'm going to head out. I'm going to go model a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> Let's go to the Apple store. <laughs> I'm there with you. All right. We'll get some help for your iPhone X. Yeah. That's, I don't think they sell that at the Apple <laughs> store. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah. Thank you, guys. See you next time, folks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.